Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the OG Therapy Podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of OG Therapy. And unlike most episodes where I'd have OGs like myself, like the older experienced guys, we decided to switch it up to start off the new year. So instead of having old OGs like myself, we have a little bit of a switch up today. And today I have an OG in his own right, but in the high school sense, he's a senior in high school, 18 years old now, and just happens to have the same last name as me. What a coincidence. <laughs> just joking. This is my nephew, Brody Kozlowski. Brody, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's awesome. Yeah, we've talked about it for a little while since the summertime. Mm-hmm. And uh, our original plan was uh, he was going to play a sport that he's he's dabbling with this sport. Uh, he's, I don't know why he's taking it seriously. It's basketball, right? So originally he was saying, okay, you know, well, maybe after the basketball scene, something like that, we'll talk and uh, get you on the podcast. But then something unexpected happened. In fact, uh, you didn't plan this, but you got in an accident. Yeah. Got in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a real scar you just showed me. <laughs> Very <laughs> huge scar on your shoulder. Yep. And uh, broke your clavicle, right? And uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you break your clavicle, basketball's on hold for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so, like any athlete, when uh, you're hurt, you don't really have a lot of time except to just sit around and overthink your injury become really bummed out about it and be pissed off that you're in that situation. So I said, hey, since you got nothing better to do, Brody, why don't you come on the podcast and uh, and talk about it? But in all seriousness, because so much of this podcast has been about helping parents with teenagers and also helping teenagers with their parents too, like helping them try to understand how to deal with their parents, I just wanted Brody to come on and weigh in and just give some insight and about some things that he's gone through, about things that he's watched his friends go through. Because right now in 2024, it sounds crazy to say that, 2024, but in 2024, there's a lot going on that young people, and of course, if a young person's going through a difficult time, obviously their family members going to go through a difficult time as well. And, you know, all joking aside, um, Brody does play basketball, and I just wanted him to just give a little insight about, a little info about him for a second. So, Brody, why don't you tell everybody where you're from, where you go to school, and uh, we'll start with that. Yeah, like David said, I'm Brody Kozlowski. I uh, go and play at Corner Canyon High School. I'm a senior. So, Cricket? <laughs> basketball. Play oh, basketball. Basketball. Yeah. basketball. I'm just joking with you guys. Uh, Brody's, uh, and I know I'm, I'm messing because I know he won't, I wouldn't want him to brag about himself, but... Uh, He's had a lot of success in basketball, and it wasn't by accident. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. A lot of hard so. work. We'll get into that. Um, if any of you out there have a, a mom who is really good in a sport, um, his mom was really good in basketball, she's not the type of person that takes excuses like, oh, I don't feel like playing today. <laughs> yeah. He told her when he was a little kid, mom, I want to go to college. I want to be an NBA player someday. And then the next morning, he woke up at 8 a.m. against his will. He's like, what's going on? She's like, you said you want to be great. He's like, can that start at 11? Was it start at 8 a.m.? Yep. So you you know, you know, guys showed me the workout that you guys uh, went through. You took my son through the workout, a lot of the shooting drills. And you guys, it's not – I found out then. I'm like, I thought you had a really good shot. 
I didn't know that you had a really good shot because you shot the ball a thousand times like every single day. I'm like, well, in that case, hard work and talent has yeah, paid off. 100%. And so it's paid off to the point where um, you're, uh, even though you're injured right now and you can't play during the season, you do have future plans. So why don't you tell everybody, uh, you know, what you've committed to in the future? Yeah, so I committed to USC, University of South California. <laughs> uh, you know why you screwed that up, right? Because. Okay. Right, right before the podcast, I'm like, we're going to get on the pod podcast. We tell people you're going to USC, University, Southern Carolina. <laughs> and he started laughing. So that was a little faux pas yeah. right there. So oh, California has always been a dream school, man. So I've always wanted to be in the nice warm weather. And I signed uh, in August, pretty sure is when the signing period was. Signed then. Super excited, super stoked. But then the car accident kind of hit, kind of put me in like an uneasy state and everything. So, but. The stoke of the fire went out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Now, how long has it been since your surgery? It's been about six weeks. About six weeks. Six weeks, yeah. Okay. And now you're getting back, starting to shoot a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it takes a little time though, because even the doctors say, okay, your arm won't be hurt in <laughs> X amount of weeks. It doesn't mean your arm's ready to go shoot and dive on the the court. You know, after loose balls. Yeah, yeah. Totally different. So obviously, you're just trying to figure out your return time wise. Yeah. Okay. Now I know. You know, we've talked about it, and you obviously want to get back sooner than later. Mm -hmm. Any competitive athlete wants to get back sooner than later. But I think it's safe to say, even though it's not the type of adversity that um, maybe someone, because, you know, it's no secret to my listeners that I'll help a lot of young people that are going through real serious heavy things like depression, you know, a lot of social anxiety, and, and sometimes even suicidal thoughts and attempts. And I know you wouldn't compare your struggles to that. But I wanted to know what you thought about teenagers right now struggling in general. Because a big reason why you guys, not just because he's my nephew, not because he's been successful at basketball that I want to have him on the podcast, but also because him being a senior in high school, he's kind of been there, done that, seen everything happen. And you've had lots of friends go through challenges and difficult times. And I think most of the people that are coming to a podcast like this, yeah, some of you are going to have some really scary situations with your kids, but most people that message me, they just have, you know, they have families. And when you have children, you know, there's there's things that happen in the family that you could be a great family, you could pay your taxes on time, you can, you know, do everything you're supposed to do, and your kids can still struggle. And so I know after having lots of conversation with Brody, he's just got a really good insight into what he sees is going on with teenagers. And so I want to start with that, Brody. In your opinion right now, starting off in the year of 2024, what are, if you had to pick like one or two, or maybe we can just focus on one, but what are some of the biggest challenges and struggles that you're seeing, could be with yourself, could be with your friends, or just people in general in, in your age range that you see them dealing with right now? So I feel like one of the biggest things in high school right now that teenagers deal with and myself deal with is when they hit adversity, they go into like this enclosed state, they can fix it themselves. And that is not the best, I can tell you that right now. I've gone through that throughout my whole high school career. Freshman year, I had mono, and I also had a broken foot. I had to do with that. Was out. And that's like, as an athlete, yeah. you're going into the season, because weren't all these like right before the season started? Yeah, so freshman year, I was trying to come in for like a starting spot, trying to play, trying to work my way up, and that hit, set me back, lost 30 pounds from mono and like an illness. And then the broken foot also like messed me up too. Uh, messed up my bounce and everything in my foot, how I shot. So just coming back from that, I didn't like start playing until like right as like region started or season. Yeah. And then that also carried on sophomore, junior, and then now senior year. It's kind of so the start of freshman, sophomore, junior, and now senior, you had some sort of major injury that set you back right when you should be peaking as an athlete. 
not only did it set you back from playing, but when you came back, you don't come back the same person. Yeah, yeah, it takes a while. You have a lot to think on your mind when you're injured. You're just watching the game instead of playing it, instead of like focusing in the game. Yeah. So when you're outside on the bench or even like at home, you can't really do a lot. Yeah. You can't really go work out like how you used to. So I think that's what a lot of seniors deal with, or athletes specifically. When they are injured, they go into like this depressed state and try to like hide it from people. But it's, it can be pretty obvious from outsiders. I've seen it with friends and with myself. Now, stretching this a little bit further past just athletes, because I know because you're an athlete, do you think this is specific just to athletes, or do you think this could you know relate to any teenager? I think it'd be any teenager, any adversity that hits them, they can they can spiral down into like this depressed state for sure. Now, from your experience with your friends, and obviously you went through it yourself, um, how does that look though? Like, because I I know what it looks like because I'm watching teenagers. My job to help them. But for our listeners, like, how does that look from your perspective as an 18-year-old when either you're struggling or when you're watching your friend struggling and you know they're not really reaching out? Maybe you're like, hey, let's go hang out. And they're like, no, I'm good. I'm fine. Because when they start to isolate, it's pretty obvious that they're trying to push people away. So for kids who aren't athletes, um, even if you use an example with you know some of your teammates, what do you just see in normal teenagers? How does it look when they're struggling? What are some things that they typically do or don't do? Uh, typically teenagers like to like close themselves together even like in person they become smaller instead of more like confidence like broad shoulder and everything almost like they're trying to hide in the shadow exactly and so I think in basketball too uh, when people are injured or even like sick or anything they try to get in like a small state and even when they're on the court they're not as much confidence as they usually have they're not loud and they're not talking. They're not re- like talking like as usual to their. So friends. they stay quiet to themselves. Yeah, they stay quiet to themselves. They don't. They're just not their normal themselves like how they used to be. So you can just tell that with friends. Even like walking down the hall, you can tell when people are confident with themselves or not confident with themselves. You can always just tell. And I'm sure some friends you see one day they're kind of like that. They're shrinking, and then the next day they're back. They kind of have some ups and downs. But when you start to see a friend, it's like pretty much daily. Do you ever start to worry? Oh yeah. Because, you know, even though I do this for a living, you told me before that a lot of people, friends of yours, just, you know, have just kind of brought things up to you and said, hey, Brody, like, I'm going through a hard time. And, and I could see why they'd open up to you because you're a mellow guy. You know, you're, yeah. you're not like the loudest person in the room. You're not taking up a lot of space. So help, help us understand when someone is in that depressed state, let's say uh, their adversity was a breakup. Mm-hmm. Let's say uh, uh, one of your buddies, uh, him and his girlfriend, go through a breakup, and you could tell, you know, he's he's having a hard time with it. What do you think are some of the things that are going on in his mind that causes him to shrink, to cause him to to not be as confident more? Because usually, when someone entertains a very like powerful thought, they're like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. they're like, okay, I can do this, I get it. Yeah. You know, you put on music for you play that gets you hyped up. I don't know anyone that puts on like, I'm gonna listen to depressing emo music right before a game, right? No. It's usually you listen to depressing music when you're depressed, yeah. not when you're trying to get your, your energy up. So what are some things that, um, generally speaking, that could go through uh, a young guy or a young girl's mind if they're facing the adversity of, let's say, a breakup, let's say it's the adversity, maybe they've had family problems at home, maybe they got friend drama. What do you think some of those insecurities could be? I think the insecurity is like, for instance, like a breakup. I think from a breakup, the thoughts can be like, oh, I don't deserve love. If Or what's wrong with yeah, me? Yeah, or what's wrong with me? Why did I cause this? Like, why is this happening to me? 
I think it even can result into why did God do this to me? I think a lot of teenagers think that as well. Like it's God's fault, even though it isn't. Like, Especially here in Utah, yeah, because religion is such a big thing. Yeah. Like it's a lot of times, you know, people say that God told me that I should date this person. Yeah. So Well, if you're not with him anymore, <laughs> it could easily be like, Oh man, why did okay, I honestly I'd never thought about that before. And I do this all the time. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I'll shut up, keep going because that makes sense. No, nah, I think I think those are the main things for a breakup. Even with family, like, why did God do this to like deserve deserve for the, our family to lose this person? Yeah, there's someone very special that I'm very like. A death can yeah. definitely make you question those things. Question, too. yeah, question, possibly question life, and having those suicidal thoughts. That's a lot of things that teenagers have, especially nowadays in 2024 with social media as well. It just can build up and cause like a spiraling effect. Oh yeah, for sure. When you have um. When you have a, a lot of those negative thoughts going through your head, like what's wrong with me? You know, how come God's doing this or he's allowed it to happen? Or even if God has nothing to do with it, just that reflection of like, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. That seems from my experience, that seems to almost help teenagers validate why they need to stay away from people. Almost like they feel like they have a cancer mm-hmm. and they don't want to infect anyone else with it. But one thing I've thought, and I want to, I want to know what you think about this. I've seen they actually are protective of their hurt and pain and their insecurities, and they don't want anyone to change the way they feel. It's like, no, I suck. I'm horrible. Don't talk me out of this. Don't convince me with logic or reason. Mm-hmm. I want to feel bad for myself. And so don't you kind of have to be alone to do that? Because if you're around your parents that care about you, your friends who care about you, they're probably not going to let you do that. So yeah. do you think that plays a lot into it as far as like why teenagers are isolating themselves so that they don't have to have people talk them out of it yeah i think that 100 does i think they also feel like they don't want to put their pain on other people so they try to keep it to themselves they want to be a burden yeah oh. okay so you know me I'm, I'm i'm gonna try to make it a little personal here you said four years in a row mm-hmm. you had the injuries this and that anyone listening to this that was an athlete or maybe you did music or performance when something stops you from doing the thing that you kind of like dedicate your whole life to, mm-hmm. um, is it hard not to take that personal? Yeah, it's super hard. It's hard not to feel like that's not a you problem. Yeah. Because the only thing that was common with your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year getting hurt was you. Yeah. You were the only common factor, right? So now let's look at it from this. When you were going through those things, are you giving these answers right now because you might have actually done that yourself? Like I said yourself, people. Yeah, I 100% did that myself. And I wish I would have reached out more. Wish I would have reached out to people that. Is I that know. a regret that you have yeah, looking back? Yeah. I think now that I know as a senior, I've actually reached out knowing that, that this accident has hit hard, hit me hard. My senior year, of course, I want to showcase myself, reach some goals that I wanted to reach. But going for help, reaching out for help just really does is a big impact on the diversity that you're going through. What do you think? Um, Cause I'm sure you saw this past year and they're doing it right now during the basketball season. Cause technically it's still the pac 12. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about all those commercials about athletes talking about mental health, about getting help? Have you seen those commercials? Yeah. Big 12 does it. big 10 pac 12 does them where you'll have some of the elite athletes in football and basketball, on these teams, gymnastics, soccer, stand up's like, Hey, if you, if you're showman, you got to talk to someone like, what do you think about them actually promoting that? Because when I grew up, it was like, <laughs> like, yeah. like you're a, not a good word. They'd call you that ends with a Y <laughs> yeah. an E, right? It ends with that, right? I'm trying to keep it a family channel here. 
So back then it was like, oh, you don't talk about your feelings, whatever. Mm -hmm. So do you think having college athletes say those types of things, that could actually cause some teenagers to think that maybe he's talking to me or maybe that athlete's talking to me? 100%. I think it could have an impact on all teenagers across the world. Um, it's not just athletes alone. It's everyone. Whoever hits adversity, I think any teenager goes through this depressed state. So just I think that's awesome that they're showcasing or like uh, promoting getting help, I think, just from experience. But let's be honest. Isn't that there a little bit of perception for the individual athlete? If you talk about this stuff like that's exposing yourself because you have a platform. Mm. Um, to me, it seems like it's a lot more. I don't want to necessarily say it's brave because anyone who talks about this stuff is brave. But I think athletes have a lot more to lose. Yeah, hundred percent. I thought that's what I thought myself, freshman, sophomore, and junior year. That I have the status of being this really talented athlete, very hardworking athlete. That if I shared my thoughts and feelings, that I'd kind of look like the word that you were gonna say. Yeah, saying like that bad word ends with a Y. But just throughout my senior year, I've just known that um, reaching out actually is bigger than feeling like having all these feelings like you yeah. can actually express yourself get yourself out there and become have a smile on your face throughout like your whole senior year so i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a quote it's not like a direct quote it's just like a saying and i want you to tell me what you think of the saying mm. okay we compete with our talents and strengths and we connect with our weaknesses and insecurities i i actually i that's a great quote i really like that what do you think about that? I think, it's yeah, true? I think, yeah, I think people see talent, see strength on the outside, yeah. but they don't see the inside of people. Like, like with the teenagers, the way they connect is throughout their emotions and throughout like their likes and dislikes. Like, they, what's they, up, bro? Yeah. Like, what's up? Like, they get all excited, or they're like, yeah. And if 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 you're like not liking the same thing, that's where it's like, oh, we're not, we're not, we're not vibing and stuff like that. So. Yeah. With like with teams and everything, you all like one specific thing. That's yeah. basketball, soccer, football. You all can like agree on something that we love this sport. So I think I think I think that quote actually describes teenagers perfectly. Do you think um, in school and in other areas, people are telling kids be confident, be this, be that, but there's not really like directions how to do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's no direction. Now, you know me, I, I've been hard on you and everybody. When I say hard, obviously I'm not like cursing them out or something like that, but like I'm a little bit more on the, you need to talk about it. You yeah. need to be social. You need to like, you need to send it. As athletes, you know, when you catch that ball and you've got the green light to shoot the ball. Yeah. If you don't shoot the ball, it's kind of like, what are we doing here, man? Like, like. You've been training your whole entire life to shoot the ball, and you're like, <laughs> like you can't shoot with one hand around your neck trying to, like, yeah. you're, you know, you're choking, right? Yeah. So there's that saying, yeah, to shoot your shot. But what happens when shooting your shot could make you very vulnerable? What if you, what if you break up with someone and you get back together, and in that relationship, because everyone breaks up, gets back together at least a couple times, like even if you don't, everyone has those, right? Yeah. And so when people get back together and stuff like that, they're usually a little bit more apprehensive. Yeah. When someone after an injury, you're more apprehensive after the injury. Mm -hmm. So there's always after the failure, after the accident, after the pain, you want to get back in the game, the relationship, whatever it is, but you're going to have apprehension. You're going to kind of be a little, 
a little gun shy at first, like, oh, I'm not quite sure like, you know, how I feel about this. What's some things that you had to do consecutively in the past four years, or maybe something that you're like, I wish I would have done this more, that you know would help you get out of a bad headspace that can help you be more confident again. What is that kind of, what is that thing that like you wish you would have done more of, or like it's the one thing that by doing this, it actually helped you get out of a negative headspace? So one of the main things I've done is trying to distract myself from the adversary situation. When I say distract yourself, that doesn't mean like go down in your room, play video games, or like because you've done that too. Phone. Yeah, I've done that too, and that's, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, I mean like go out with your family, go out with friends that you actually like being around, not ones that kind of like are always questioning you what's going on and everything. Like go with friends that not actually, clout friends yeah. or hang out just because they're cool. You yeah, know? go with friends that actually like care about you, want you around, and want to like have hang out with you for the person you are. Yeah. I think that's what I've done throughout. Try to do throughout the whole process. I've, I've kind of failed too with like going down in my room and everything but also just trying to reach out trying to reach out to your friends family say hey, let's go do something just trying to distract yourself from the whole situation do you think most teenagers have friends around them and people around them that know them and at the same time don't really know them yeah mm-hmm. how many and put you on the spot right now like we've had a lot of you know deep talks right we're yeah. family right how many of the people around you that you've known for a long time, if you told them like how much you were stressed out to be great or to do these things, it's not like you're good just because, I mean, no offense to LeBron James, but I think he got an extra boost in the gene pool, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he, he might have been a grown man at 10 years old, right? There's a little advantage there, right? Yeah. But for most people, it's a lot of hard work. Like how many people in your close inner circles really know how hard you are on yourself? Not many, I'd say. Maybe one, I'd say. It's close to zero. Close to zero, right? And so if that's with you, is there a good possibility that a lot of teenagers keep a lot of, like, using a card analogy, keeping their cards close to chest, not wanting to share their struggles? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so when you're saying that you need to reach out, you need to connect with people, even if you just go to the grocery store with your mom when you're feeling down, that could kind of help loosen it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite sayings here, and my listeners throughout the years have heard it out like hundreds of times, is the kryptonite to depression is connection. And you don't have to have diagnosed depression to be bummed because you can't play and then get caught in a depressive cycle. Next thing you know, it's wintertime in Utah. And then you're like, this really sucks. Depression, like winter, like um, uh, seasonal affective disorder, the initials are sad, which is ironic. Like, I'm like, oh, sad, right? But seasonal affective disorder... I've had people tell me they feel like it's a second gravity. Yeah. It's just like, they're like, I know I need to go to school. I know I need to do this. I know I need to do this. I just can't, those, those blankets feel like they're, you know, 200 pounds, like to get them off you. So when you think of yourself, what you've been through now, think about for other teenagers, even if they don't have major depression, even if they're not suicidal, you still think, it's important to stay connected with people so they don't get too depressed, like almost like a, as a preventative measure. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that goes along with school, going into school in like a positive mindset that people around you, you don't know where they're gonna be in the future. Like having a connection with people around you, smiling, say, hey, are you doing everything? Just like little conversations that people without the day, even teachers, you just don't know down the road where yeah. they'll be. That's the thing with connections. It can help you get out of situations. That like when you hit adversity, that can help you from that depressed state. 
I know everybody when you got a friend that works at a restaurant, everybody loves to hook up. Your friend's oh, dude, he's going to give us a free Chick-fil-A or whatever. We've got to go to three when Sam's there, right? Yeah. Like, hooks you up. Everybody loves hookups. But what you just said, that's kind of a hookup too. Yeah. You make good connection relationships. Next thing you know, you got a teacher. It's like, not to you, but in general, because I'm a teacher. I do this. I'm like, man, if you bust your butt and you actually give me respect mm-hmm. and you're at a 79, I'm at Bubba to an 80. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would do that for my friends. I do it because you did something else. It has nothing to do with academics. You gave that participation. Mm-hmm. You gave that respect. And that's part of the grade too. So when you're looking at other teacher, I mean, teachers, teenagers, what I meant to say, when you're looking at other teenagers and you see them kind of doing the same things that you struggle with, like isolating, pull yourself away, what's kind of been a couple of like your go-to like to help your friends out? Because as you said before, your friends don't really know a lot about what's going on inside of you. Yeah. So what that means is that you're better at helping them, but you suck at allowing them to help you. Is yeah. that safe to say? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm just, I mean, I know you, so I'm just trying. And I mean, there is that sort of like, you're like, man, if people really knew what I was saying, they'd be like, dang, Brody ain't that perfect after all. Like, yeah. Brody's stressed out, right? Yeah. So now looking at it from the other perspective, like, you're seeing these kids going through those things like what do you do to help out a friend like when you see you're like i know what that look is it's been a week now mm-hmm. sam hasn't been to practice he hasn't been to work lately he's not showing up to school as much like what are some of the things you do to try to help a friend out i think just little things like reaching out just say, hey let's go grab some lunch let's go even go like if you're an athlete let's go let's go shoot let's go throw the football let's go, go work out do yeah, something go work out just distract their mind i don't have a sense where you're going to go ask them like all these questions like hey what's going on are you good? Because if you're like asking this question and pressuring all them, they're just gonna hide more and more and more. Just getting them out of their comfort zone, getting them away and distracted from the whole situation is what will help them. Have that. you seen it like you're shooting around, the next thing is like just randomly starts complaining about stuff, and you're like sitting there going, apparently he did need to talk yeah, about something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that a lot of times with teammates. Just like I ask to go shoot around, and then they. It just tell me about life and everything that was going on in their life. And I think that just helps them release it. Not in the sense where yeah. I'm asking them, but a sense that they feel comfortable in that space to release it. Does it almost make you feel like they actually really do want to talk? Yeah. They just don't feel comfortable. It's not the right scenario situation. But if you get them in just the right, eating the right chicken sandwich, shooting around at the park when no one's around, you can kind of crack the code. You can yeah. kind of get them to open up. Yeah, 100%. And it goes back to, you know, what we said in the very beginning. It's like connection, really, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you have a good connection with someone, you're going to go shoot with them. And if something's bothering them, there's a good chance they're going to break. It's going to kind of come up naturally. Yeah. If you don't have a good connection with someone, is that person going to go from never talking to Brody to now confessing their deepest, darkest secrets with no connection in between there? No. No. So I know I alluded to this a little bit ago. Um Looking back on, on your on your high school career, do you think you could have done better at allowing people to help you? Because that was the first thing you said, man. You're like allowing people to help you. And I'm like sitting there going, this is ironic. Mr. Never talks about his feelings and stuff like that. Yeah, I wish. I really wish I would let people help me throughout my high school career. I, I, I really thought I could do it all myself. Which is not the case. Were you in that, were you in that kind of mindset of like, if I have to ask for help, in some ways, that's like exposing myself as have, like being flawed or having some problems. Yeah, I for sure felt vulnerable uh, seeking out for help. I felt like I'd be like less of that person and feel not confident. But throughout the senior, my senior year, I've, yeah. I've told that like 
throughout reaching out, I felt more comfortable myself. I felt happier. I felt more in tune with my family, my sport. It's just helped me throughout the whole process. You know, one thing I'm glad you're figuring out is that some people, especially teenagers I've talked to, I'll have a conversation similar to this mm. where they're like, yeah, you know, my friend just needs to do this, needs to do that. And I'll look at them like, hmm, give them some, your friend some good advice. I mean, hopefully they use it because you're not using it. Yeah. Like, you're not using your own advice right now. Yeah. And they laugh and joke around. And in a similar fashion, they'll be like, well, it's, it's easier for me to help a friend, but it's harder for me to ask that friend. I go, why is that? because they always come to me. I'm like the person who's supposed to be solid, have my stuff together. But like I said in that saying, you connect through your vulnerabilities and your insecurities, right? And so I'm glad glad you admitted that, you know, throughout high school, it's been one of those things where like, yeah, look back, I wish I would have done that more. Mm -hmm. Now you're in the senior role, senior on the team, but also senior in general. Do you feel, you feel, do you feel more comfortable now if you spot a friend or something going on with their life to try to make that connection more so than you would have done a couple years ago? Yeah, I for sure feel comfortable and I will try to reach out to those people that are struggling or I can tell that's struggling. Now, does this actually, does this go the same way for family too? Because I talk a lot of teenagers and they're worried about their families. Yeah. Like I know, well, when I say I know, most teenagers I've talked to, not all of them, most teenagers I've talked to them, as I'm helping them, they'll be like, hey Dave, I'm like, what? Like, could you help my parents? I'm yeah. like, your parents? Like, yeah, my parents have been stressing out. And I think about it, well, gosh, their kids come to see me because they're depressed, suicidal. The parents are not agreeing on how to help them. So even if the parents love each other, they could be at odds with each other. Yeah. And do you think it's possible for someone even 18 years old, uh, and I'm not saying you have to do this with your parents, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking like the people listening to this, a lot of teenagers tell me like, my parents would never listen to me. Like I ha- I can't influence them. Do you think that's actually true? Or do you think you could have some influence over your parents to get them to think about things? Because a mom could tell a husband, oh yeah, you need to stop doing that. Like I have this one client. She's like, my husband's gonna have a heart attack and he stopped doing that and he stopped mm-hmm. doing that. I talked to his son. I go, you worried about your dad? I go, yeah. Brought his dad into a session. The dad and the son had a talk. The son actually teared up. He's like, dad, like you've already had heart problems. Like I don't want you to die. The dad actually listened to his son, started getting on diet, changed his whole life pretty quickly. And the mom was like, what did I tell you? Like two years, like he almost had a heart attack, still didn't change it. But by his son going up and talking to him, that seemed to some, for some way that just resonated with him better in a different way. So do you think it's possible for teenagers out there there to have the same influence on their parents if they approached it in in a respectful way? Yes, I do. I think that from personal experience with my parents, I've done the same thing. When I do reach out to them, they do listen carefully to what I'm feeling. They, they want to know what's going on. They want to know what's going on in your life. Maybe it's something they're doing that you're like, hey, this is not helping me, even though they think it is. Yeah, 100%. And so reaching out to your parents, like you can tell that when they are struggling because you're with them every day. Of course, they're your parents, but still reaching out um, can help them in many ways. Yeah, and I, I think on a side, a benefit from that is I tell teenagers all the time, I go, you need to talk to your parents more. I was like, well, if I talk to more, then they'll know more about my life. And I don't want them to know more about my life. I said, here's the trick. If you text your parents where you're at, where you're going, and you're like update, give them that information, they actually start to worry about other people in the family. And you're not underneath the magnifying glass. Yeah. So I said, if you want your parents to give you more freedom, whatever, you communicate better you're not going to be on their America's Most Wanted list. <laughs> because think about what are parents going to be more concerned about? The kid who's quiet in the corner not talking or the kid who's telling them? I'd rather a teenager tell their parents 
too much about their life. Now, I do realize some parents get a little carried away and they go, okay, I want to know everything. Then I just tell the teenager, if your parent starts to get a little too, you know, like they want to know too much, go, whoa, 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 hold on. You wanted me to talk to you about stuff, yeah? That's what I'm doing. But if you start asking me all this stuff, I don't want to go back to how it was before where I had to hide things from you. And then parents usually back up, go, oh, okay, no, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Yeah. So do you think that's a, a actually a better thing to give information up front instead of your parents have to extract it from you? I think it is for sure better. I think it has to be like a balance. It can't be too much from the parents. It also can't be too much from the kids. You got to find that balance of letting them know what's going on with yourself when you're battling adversity and letting them know like, hey, I'm talking to you. I'm, I want to tell you this, but I don't want you to keep asking questions all the time. Dude, how many athletes out there, and even the ones listening to this, could say after they have a bad game that the last people they want to talk to sometimes is going to be their parents. Yeah. Now, is it because their parents are bad? No. Are their parents feeling the pain for their kid and they want to make it stop and they want to tell them all the things they did wrong right after the game? Yeah. Not the best timing. Mm-hmm. Not the best timing. And parents usually know that. But with their kids, they just can't help themselves. Yeah, 100%. I feel like also from personal experience, <laughs> from parents, like, I've, I, of course, my dad's kind of chewed on me. And you know, my mom going in the car after yeah. games, I've just thought to myself, I really want to be in here. I want to go with a friend yeah. after a game. And I've done that a couple of times though, growing up. Like, I went with friends instead of my parents. Even I, I know when I have a bad game, I know what I need to fix. I think athletes do know when they do have a bad game and what they do need to fix. Yeah. So having their parents just putting more and more just patting it down often, just right after a game, just, just, it's just bad for both sides. Yeah. Well, I think what you're saying is a typical teenage reaction. Like I don't want to drive home with my parents. Now I know your parents. They're both, they're both very passionate people and they're not mean and yelling at you. They're not being disrespectful. It's not like that. However, at that time when you feel ashamed, you feel down. So is this one of those things we talked about earlier that because I know you're doing it better now, like it's gotten a lot better, by you going to them and telling them, hey, here's where I'm at, here's what's going on, just give me a little time, is that better or do you just, is it better just try to avoid them and hope they go away? It's better to go to them first. And I think after a game, even if you have a hard game, you just have, I know from my, for what I feel, I feel disappointed in like what, how I did. I feel like I disappointed my parents too. That's the double whammy, huh? So like when you feel that way, you just, you like having them like pressuring you all the time after that, it just closes you more. You just don't want to talk about it. But if they just like, let it be, say, Hey, like you played well, just move on to the next game. You got this. And then you can come to them and talk how you're feeling. I think just like that balance, like I was saying, it just, it's very helpful. You know, I'm I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because it's, it's pretty obvious to me too, that like you said, you feel bad already even though their intention is to help you feel better, mm-hmm. that's really to make them feel better. Yeah. Because parents kind of intuitively know everyone needs space after a hard day. Mm-hmm. If you press someone too much, they're going to clam up more. And that's obviously not what any parent wants. They don't want their kid to shut down more. But as you look back on it, now you can see that you go to them more. They give you a little bit more space. You guys have kind of figured it out as you've gotten older. But I'm glad you said that to everybody that's going to be listening to this because that's a big thing. And parents love their kids, but sometimes the loving turns to smothering. Yeah. And the smothering makes kids tell them, feel like, man, I feel like my mom's going to try to set up a play date next for me because I'm sad right now. It's like, yeah. mom, please. I was like, I called my friend's daughter to set you up on a date. I don't need that, mom. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I just, I'm okay. I took an L. I'll be fine. Right. And also, too, one thing that's important for all you parents out there to know your faces 
tell everything. Mm -hmm. You can say like, I'm not, I, I'm not worried. I'm not frustrated, but you're like, you have this energy about you. That's like, like, Oh my gosh, I got to save my kid from the hurt and pain they're going through. But what you're saying is that give them some space because you already feel bad that you disappointed your parents, you or any kid, if they give you some space, you'll go to them almost like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, because that's how it sounds. Yeah. I'm sorry that I disappointed you. I'm sorry. These things. Now at that particular time, do you think it's, better for the parents to say no sweetheart you don't have to be sorry it's totally fine i just want you to be happy or whatever or do you think the better for the parents go hey i get it mm -hmm. it's all good i I'd, I'd feel bad like i embarrassed my parents too if i was in your position yeah and just keep it like that yeah do you think that's that's more effective than making a big deal out of it and trying to go no no what i really meant was and reliving the whole conversation over again yeah i think like you said, the second option would be 100% better. I think the first option, if, like from my mom, I know she's this loving, caring. It's, it's like the mom culture. They just want to help their son make sure they don't. They, they just want their son to have no pain yeah. or daughter. Yeah. And so they, they like ask these questions, try to solve it for them instead yeah. of them solving it for themselves. And it makes it even more challenging when your mom was really good at the thing you're yeah. trying to be good at. So it's like you can't dismiss. It's not like mom. Just go back to making the blanket in the corner on the bleachers. No, your mom could coach the team if she wanted yeah, to. Like, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I can't really give her any BS, yeah. right? However, if she remembers as an athlete, which she does, mm -hmm. there's got to be a time to let someone cool off. So originally the question was, what some struggles that kids are going through? You said dealing with it, adversity and shutting down. So to summarize everything we talked about today, if teenagers shut down through adversity, it almost guarantees the adversity is going to go for longer. Mm -hmm. It might even get worse because it's going to be built up inside. And most importantly, they'll have to go through it alone. Yeah. And that's not what you'd suggest for anyone. Not at all. Not at all. And you got, you know, you're the oldest. You got the youngest siblings coming up underneath you. And I know you already give them good advice mm -hmm. and you tell them, hey, listen, you know, I didn't make a mistake, but I made a choice that wasn't the best. Like, you know, my 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 not talking to my parents wasn't a life-threatening thing however it wasn't necessarily a relationship building thing either yeah okay all right man well dude i you knocked out of the park man you, you did a great job not that i didn't think you would do a great job but i was really wanting to pick your brain on this and um you know i i, I would like to have you back on the on the podcast sometime you I know because yeah. i know uh, i know my my partners they're gonna listen it's like dude we want to be on that one because i told them we're all gonna do a zoom call with you but then I was like, man, you're injured. You ain't got nothing to do. Yeah, let's just come yeah, over and yeah. let's just do it, you know, live. And so I really thank you a lot, Brody, for coming down and, and doing it. And, and I, I can tell uh, you got you got a couple more nuggets of insight to to share out there with uh, with the young people trying to come up. So even though he's a young OG, he's an OG in his own right. A high school OG. Yes. A high school OG. Indeed, yeah. Well, you guys, remember, if you want to follow us on social media, you can go to OG.therapy on Instagram. Uh, on and also on YouTube, it's OG Therapy. If you want to sign up for a Patreon for just five bucks a month, you get over two, about two and a half years of extra bonus content that hasn't been posted on any of your platforms for just five bucks a month. And that's www.patreon.com backslash OG Therapy. And if you want to follow me on Instagram and social media, I know I'm not super active on that, but it's david.kozlowski. And, uh, and, and yeah, you can follow me on Instagram and Brody, if they want to follow you on Instagram or on TikTok, how can they, how can they find you? It's Brody.Kozlowski. There you go. Yeah. Same on both of them, both yeah. the platforms. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
All right, you guys. Well, if you guys want to see more teenagers and have more Brody, just you guys know what to do. Just let me know, and uh, I'll be sure to make that happen because – uh, he owes me some money, so I'll just bribe. I'm just kidding. He doesn't owe me money. <laughs> but he knows if he wants me to take him on another surf trip, he's got to do at least two more podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Right? We did, have, we did have fun going surfing. We did I have fun. You, yeah. Okay. All right, you guys. Until next time, just remember when stress, depression, frustrations, relationship issues got you down on your knees saying, Lord, baby Jesus, please. Just remember you can always just press play and listen to your OGs. Until next time, be cool. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.